Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, for the last couple weeks, the intro has been lying to you, but the intro is not lying today. Welcome. Nuanas is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and certainly uh, happy to say so. We are happy to have you with us. I've been uh, out, I guess, in and out. You've been hearing me on the show probably quite a bit, uh, but I haven't sat in the chair for a couple weeks. If you've uh, been uh, away, if you haven't been following along, my wife and I, welcome to beautiful baby boy. It's been, uh, I guess, 12 days now, but uh, I'm sitting in the chair here today because it's a big week. We're coming out of a big weekend of hoops, and it's just kind of how the schedule uh, has worked out. So I'll be back here live in studio a couple more times this week. And then uh, next week, it'll be a little bit sporadic as well. And then uh, once we got our our sea legs, our, our McCall legs underneath us, then uh, that's my son's name, by the way, uh, then we will uh, be back to regular, regularly scheduled programming. But I appreciate the flexibility of everybody. It's also been good just because, you know, we we have this defined show, this this piece of of content, this this product, as it were, and uh, incredibly proud of it. I love the the work that we do here. Uh, I love my team, but I also think it's fun and also valuable for a lot of these guys to get reps too. So appreciate Jeff Safford, Andrew Houghton for uh, steering the ship these last couple weeks. And I, I've said I've always said this: journalism as a whole, whether it's uh, especially sports journalism, is so much like sports, right? 
The more you sports write, the better you get at it. The more you write on deadline, the better you get at it. The more you talk on the radio, at least hopefully, <laughs> the better you get at it. And there's a, a definitive thing that uh, I started. I started doing radio hits as a young sports writer when I was first starting out. Having somebody call you and just ask you questions about something that you're an expert at, that in itself is pretty good. Certainly learning how to talk articulately and, and you know being brave enough to be able to confidently state your points takes a little practice. But it's a lot easier to be on the receiving end, to be the interviewee, than it is to be the one steering the ship. Like going through the ins and outs, getting you all set up. It takes a lot of practice. Like when I first got handed this show... When Ryan Tutel stepped away, he had been the number one, the guy that was sort of guiding the 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 vehicle, yeah, keeping us between the ditches. I mean, I guess Tutel doesn't really drive between the ditches much, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> but <laughs> he was the guy, you know, steering the Tutel and Nuana's mechanism, and then I'm just the guy that's adding all the context, adding all the, the statistics. He's the play-by-play. I'm the color, basically, when it comes to the talk radio show. When I first took this thing over, I was terrified. I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do all the reads and the rejoins. Well, you know, when you get thrown into the deep end, you got to swim. <laughs> you figure it out pretty quick. But I will say, I mean, I at least I hope that I've gotten better. I mean, I hope that's what we all do in our lives as we continue to, to execute things, especially if we have a craft and we're passionate about our craft. I hope that we all continue to and strive to improve. I am very critical of myself as well as of our content. And so we're always trying to push it forward. We're always trying to improve as much as we can. So that's all to say, I love to give these guys an opportunity because there's literally no way to do it and to get better at it and to practice it than to do it. So it's been fun listening to the show uh, when I've been away. And it's also fun to be back on the show. So thanks for the flexibility. Thanks to everybody here uh, that has contributed to that flexibility. And uh, thanks to all of you out there uh, for listening. We got tons to get to today. It's big basketball weekend over the weekend. The uh, Eastern Washington Eagles, they still own the Montana Grizzlies on the hardwood. It's it's crazy that we've gotten to this point, but now the trends are real. The uh, Eastern women have beaten Montana four out of their last six matchups. I guess five out of the last seven if you count the Big Sky Tournament uh, a year ago. And uh, on the men's side, it's been seven out of the last nine, including a tournament game in there a couple of years ago. So uh, Eastern certainly has Montana's number. Huge bounce back win for the Eagles in Missoula on Saturday night. I was at that game. It was my first sort of foray into the public. I mean, we've gone to Target, you know. We've we've gone to a couple places. But in terms of like going to an event, it was the first time since our, our baby was born that I got out of the house. And uh, even though it was much hyped game, sort of a clunky game. A lot of fouls. Eastern ran like a variation of a 1-3-1 zone that was actually like a 1-1-3 zone. It was like a 2-3 that had like a double head of the monster at the top, basically. Really weird, interesting defense. Montana couldn't figure it out. took me a while to figure out what they were running as well. And that led then to Eastern, I mean, pretty much cruising. 78-65, a big win for them. They lost in Bozeman on Thursday, so that's why I say bounce back. For the Lady Grizz, a tough one in Cheney. Montana couldn't hit the broadside of the barn from the three-point line, except for a little spurt where they hit like five out of six. You take away those. I think they're actually five out of seven in that span. You take away that little spurt, though, 
and uh, they were four of 27 otherwise, nine of 34 overall from beyond the arc for the Lady Grizz, and they come up short in a big game yet again. So uh, we're going to continue to analyze that. Montana has been unbelievably good when they are the team that's supposed to win, but the Lady Grizz have been uh, eh, sort of right down the middle at best against some of the better teams in the league and against, you know, in these big games, like on the road in Bozeman, on the road in Cheney. They have not been very good. So we'll discuss that. We'll also give you a, a Big Sky scoreboard. And I also want to hash out a little bit. We heard from Coach Travis Decure, the head coach of the Montana men's team, which we'll hear a soundbite from post-game on Saturday as well. That's coming up here in about half an hour. We'll do that in segment number two. But Coach Decure and I talked briefly about all the great players that were in the big sky a year ago in men's hoops that then left. I want to extrapolate a little bit on that. Most of the guys that transferred, they didn't just transfer to bigger programs. They didn't just transfer and getting playing time. Like It used to be that the standard was, okay, if you're going to transfer, quote-unquote, up, first and foremost, do you play at your new school? Like when Geno Crandall left North Dakota and went to Gonzaga, he played. He was the second guy off the bench, but he got some playing time. That's cool. You know, Gonzaga, perennial power. When it comes to these guys, though, there's a handful of guys that played in the Big Sky last year. They're not just playing. They are starring in leagues that are, in terms of net ranking, RPI, and top 25 teams in the leagues, way better than the Big Sky Conference. I mean, the Mountain West is one of the top five leagues in the country this year. There's several young men that were in the Big Sky last year that are tearing apart the Mountain West. There's also a couple guys that are ripping up the SEC, ripping up the Big 12, ripping up the Pac-12. It's pretty crazy. So we'll go through and give you an update on each one of those individual guys. And actually, I have some thoughts as the why. Why are these guys, they move up a level in the hierarchy of college basketball Yet they have comparable, if not better, numbers. Why is that? How is that possible? We'll discuss that here uh, during the uh, the Montana Basketball Hour. Hour number two, an old staple, but it's it's uh, I'm 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 having I'm having longing thoughts already because uh, it, it, we're on the way down. We're we're on the downhill slide. It's Super Bowl week. That's awesome. The big game should be fun. But then we go into the dormancy where we have no football. And then by the time, you know, the spring games for Montana and Montana State roll around, we're clamoring. We need it. We need we need some action in our lives. Unfortunately, this will be the second-to-last Monday afternoon quarterback for the year. Our great friend Marty Mornaweg, a guy who spent more than 25 years in the NFL, he'll join us here uh, in studio. We'll give you a full preview of what's going to happen or at least what we think are the key matchups as the San Francisco 49ers and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs square off in Sin City, Las Vegas. I want to know that whole element. I do think the fact that the Super Bowl being in Vegas isn't a huge... I mean, it's always a huge storyline. Where is the game going to be at? But I do think it shows you the progress we've made in terms of professional athletes being professionals, taking things seriously. Maybe this is me just extrapolating or, or being stereotypical, but... I just think that if the if the Super Bowl was in Las Vegas in like 1988 or like 1994 or heaven forbid during the 70s, <laughs> I think I think the the worries of guys being out all night 
playing craps, shooting dice, playing dominoes, playing poker till the wee hours of the morning, all the different things you can do to distract yourself. I think it just would have been a way bigger distraction. Now I think that there's so much money on the line and there's so much pride and prestige and legacy building. And these guys are such consummate pros. They're such fervent competitors. I just don't think that there's that much of, of a distraction. I, I, you know, is one of the guys out of these, you know, 110 plus players or, you know, one, one person from the hundreds of people that are involved in these two organizations, is somebody going to go out and have too many sodas? Is somebody going to stay at the blackjack table till three in the morning? It's hard to say they're not because there's just so much, uh, so many people that are involved in this that are going to Sin City. But I, I mean, you know, if you give me those late '70s Raiders teams or like those early '90s Cowboys teams, and you put the the Super Bowl in Vegas, I mean, good luck. You might not have a game. <laughs> you might have half the team missing in action. I do think it's a sign of of. I don't know if you think that's progress or not. I actually think irreverent behavior is is uh, at the very least entertaining and sometimes just sort of part part of the territory when it comes to young men. But either way, I digress. I just think that the the game being in Sin City isn't nearly as big of a storyline as maybe it would have been in other time periods. So we'll talk about that, plus all the key matchups uh, across the uh, the Super Bowl landscape. San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. A rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple years ago, 2020, last time these two teams played. Of course, the Chiefs got in for their fourth Super Bowl title in the last six years. San Francisco hasn't won it since back in 1994. So it's been... 30 years for San Fran. They've been the Super Bowl three times since then, but uh, the actual title has been elusive. It seems like the Niners are in the, the semis, you know, the, the 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 conference finals games, year in and year out, and that's true. I mean, they've been in 19 conference finals games since they first broke through in 1982. So that's basically 19 out of the last 40. That's half the time. Pretty dang good run. But... They've lost 11 of those conference title games. This is their eighth Super Bowl appearance. Uh, They have won the Super Bowl five times, but they've lost a couple, including their last two uh, appearances in the Super Bowl. 2013, when Jim Harbaugh was the head coach, and then 2020, uh, under Kyle Shanahan, to these Chiefs. So it's a rematch some five years in the making. So uh, we'll we'll go through all the ins and outs. There you go. That's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now. I'm Colter Nuanas riding with you stem to stern here on this Monday if you want to be a part of the show, you certainly always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call us or text us anytime. Anytime you text us. The man Jeff Safford's on the board right now, so he can forward them along to me. So questions, comments, concerns. What do you think of the Big Sky Conference in men's and women's basketball this year? What uh, sort of thoughts do you have on the Super Bowl? Any and everything is good for business for us, so text us 406 406- 888-1029. You can also always stream the show, 1029ESPN.com. And if you're uh, listening on the radio, you already know it's 1029 ESPN Radio around Western Montana. And if you are uh, watching on SWX Montana Television, you already know it's SWX statewide uh, around the great state of Montana anytime you tune in on the TV. Let's dive into the Montana Basketball Hour. Montana Basketball Hour proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. I know I keep saying, when the snow comes. We had the snow, then the snow went away. 
Uh, it's snowing on the other side of the Continental Divide. There's a bunch of snow in Bozeman. There's a bunch of snow up in, in uh, central and north central Montana. So maybe we're getting some snow here in western Montana. We'll see. Here's a great feature, though, from Dazzlers. It's the most efficient car wash you're going to find anywhere in the Garden City. The vacuums are insane. I know that sounds like such an old dad thing to say, but the vacuums are so ridiculous. You can get your whole car perfectly vacuumed in like five minutes. That's even if you're just being hasty about it. Take your time. Okay, seven minutes. It's still going to be awesome. But you can also take the mats out. I know you, you know a lot of times we get the snow buildup, and your mats get a little wet, and there's not a lot of circulation in there. So how's, how's the stuff supposed to evaporate? Well, you can get them to spray your mats off for you so you don't have all the mud and the gunk in there. And uh, and shake them down, wipe them off, and then put them right back in. Bam, you got dry, nice, clean mats for your car. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. My best of the weekend. I actually had a fun weekend not having football. Amazing how much time it gives you back. I know there will be a letdown after the Super Bowl because that it is sort of this daunting, oh, man, what am I going to watch on TV for the foreseeable future? And then the sports gods just keep on giving, right? You, know, the, the, you have like this lull in February. You read a lot of books, you know, whatever. And then March, boom, conference tournaments, boom, March Madness, boom, NCAA uh, Final Four. Then you're into the NBA playoffs. And then it's so nice outside, you don't need to watch TV. <laughs> so then you go outside and hike and bike and do all the fun stuff we love to do in Missoula. And then, boom, August rolls around and you're back into fall camp. So the lull won't be too bad. But it was fun uh, just hanging out. I, I perused and watched a whole bunch of Big Sky basketball Saturday afternoon. I made some jambalaya. That was delicious. And then I uh, ventured out uh, to the Grizz game on Saturday night. And it was great atmosphere there at Dahlberg Arena. Uh, but unfortunately, Montana, unfortunately, if you're a Grizz fan, which the vast majority of the uh, nearly 4,000 fans that were there are certainly Grizz fans, uh, Montana came up short against Eastern Washington. Uh, my other best of the weekend, watched the Grammys last night. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> First of all, I could tell you, when you watch things that have to do with pop culture, I really think that unless you're someone that's super engaged in all of that, I think it, 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 it shows you that you're starting to show your age, right? It's easiest to keep up with the trends and what's popular and who's popular when you're younger, it just is. Unless, of course, you're somebody like Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports who's, you know, just perusing the wonderful collections of information that are produced by TMZ and Bravo Television, right? <laughs> In that case, then you can keep up on pop culture just fine. I was struck by uh, how many of the artists and, and people that I only had a fringe uh, recognition of. I will say, great shout-out to our sister station over at the U. They play... Like a lot of the, the the dynamite female artists in the world of pop and rock music, a lot of those pop stars they are on the U all the time. So good job by Aubrey. She's definitely playing you the best of the best. Not just the biggest hits. They also do that really well at the U. But a lot of the uh, the most uh, sort of award winning type uh, of music as well. Some of the performances though were just flat weird. Like Olivia Rodrigo, she's bleeding all over herself. I know the song's called Vampires, but that was weird. Travis Scott, I just don't get it. I just don't I don't get it. I he it was like a WWE, it looked like Monday Night Raw, The Undertaker versus Mankind. He's just bashing chairs and breaking benches and I don't even know what's going on. Like this is supposed to be a 
a music performance, and the guy in the background's wearing this scary mask. You, the lyrics are completely unintelligible. Travis Scott is just busting the tables all over the place. I don't, I don't know. I, I was like very disturbed by that. But then on the other side, John Baptiste is awesome. If you haven't watched it, it's it's a heart wrenching documentary, but you should watch it. John Baptiste, he was the the lead guy for Stephen Colbert's late night talk show. He led the band for for Colbert for for years, and then he ventured out and and uh, d- decided to cut some of his own albums. Well, there's a documentary about he and his wife because he and his wife had this crazy thing going on in their lives over the last couple of years. John Baptiste was blowing up. He was he was becoming this international superstar seemingly overnight. His album last year, one album of the year, he was this breakout phenomenon. He's he's like a musical genius. Watching him in this, he's not like, he is a musical genius. Watching him in this show is incredible. I mean, the guy can play like every musical instrument, and he's been working on this American symphony that's like a symphony about life. Well, so he's nominated for all these Grammys last year. In the meantime, his wife is in the fight of her life with this rare form of leukemia. So this documentary is all about how are they balancing his rise to fame and her trials and tribulations. And it's just this unbelievably sweet story of their love for each other, how supportive they are of each other. Watch it on Netflix if you don't get it, if you haven't already. My wife watched it. I had no intention of watching it. And then as it was kind of on, I just kept watching it. And they're an incredible couple. And uh, it's a, it's again, it's a really sad at times. But if you watched the Grammys last night, John Baptiste was there and she was there as well. And she is doing well, at least it seems. She was she looked great. She was uh, smiling and, and clapping. And so John Baptiste's performance was awesome. He won a bunch more Grammys. I thought uh, Stevie Wonder was great. How could he not be? Stevie Wonder is one of the greatest of all time. Billy Joel back up on the stage for the first time in 30 years. That was pretty epic. And that was pretty fun to watch. And then some of the other ones were just so strange. I know Billie Eilish is like an international phenomenon. She is unbelievably talented. Like the story of how she got famous, writing the and then cutting the album in her room with her brother and then dropping it on the internet and then boom, like a rocket ship to the moon. And, I mean, she's kept on. It wasn't just a flash in the pan. She's not just a one-hit wonder. She's kept doing it. Her voice is epic. She's just not for me. She's very strange. But I think that that's probably the appeal, right? I mean, she's she's definitely out there and funky and uh, marches to the beat of her own drummer. No doubt about it. I think that's what makes her uh, popular, though, too. And I mean, the talent is undeniable. So she was a, a huge figure. She won a bunch of awards last night as well. And then... The one everybody's talking about, and how could you not? Miley Cyrus, man. What what a powerhouse, first of all. I mean, what a voice. And that part's undeniable. But the <laughs> the, the hilarious hair, I mean, it's like, it's like Billy Joel Cyrus, her father. It was like his hair is like a 90s country mullet mixed with like some Tina Turner flair and some Jane Fonda flair all at once. I mean, she looks great. Holy cow, she looks, she looks beautiful. But... Uh, she never performed. She'd only performed her her hit song "Flowers," which won Song of the Year. She only performed that live one other time, and so even though I mean, she's an international superstar, it's obviously a very personal song. It's all about her divorce from um, I can't remember which Helmsworth she was married to. I don't follow it closely enough, but my wife was informing me about the drama and yada yada. But either way, I mean, it's an incredibly personal song about a breakup. "Flowers" is, and 
so then to sing it live, you know, on the biggest stage in music, that's uh, that's something for sure. But um, I thought I thought she killed it. She's such an interesting character because at the same time she's like this gorgeous gal, but she's also like so awkward. But like she doesn't know that she's awkward because she's just so sort of in your face and brash. Regardless, I'm I am thrilled she exists because she's she's an unbelievable character to observe, and uh, I thought I thought it was great, and I, I thought she was so cute when she won her award. She was utterly surprised, and then of course the the last one. You know, we're going to talk tons about the Super Bowl and legacy building, and what does it mean, especially for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs if they're to win. Well, if, if the Chiefs win, that'll be four out of six in terms of the Super Bowl. Well, Taylor Swift did. Like the the Tom Brady last night, except for she's one of one now. Taylor Swift won Album of the Year. That's the fourth time that she's won it. There's only ever been three other artists to win it three times. Stevie Wonder, Frank Sinatra, Paul Simon. Pretty good company, if you ask me. Not even the Beatles, not Michael Jackson, not Elvis. Nobody has won four of the biggest awards in music, and Taylor Swift did it last night. And it was it was sort of an upset. I think a lot of people thought it could have gone a lot of different ways. And, uh, I mean, I know Taylor Swift's in the midst of the biggest year in music history, so it's hard to say that it was a, uh, an upset. But she herself was shocked. I think she uh, certainly thought that uh, maybe somebody else was going to win. Um, but that's my best of the weekend. I know I'm going on way too long. we got to get into some hoops. Last one i got to say, the Joni Mitchell performance was cool. Uh, my mom is uh, certainly a, ch- a child of the 60s. She grew up in San Francisco, and she used to sing us all those old folk songs by Joni Mitchell and uh, Bob Dylan and you know Carly Simon and all those you know late 60s, early 70s songs. But that, that song last night that Joni Mitchell sang, first of all, Google the lyrics of that song. Unbelievable. I mean, to be able to write something of that depth at any time of your life, but especially when you're in your 20s, is... It's otherworldly. It's it's crazy songwriting talent. And to see Joni Mitchell do that and to perform at the Grammys for the first time when she's 80 years old, what a great tribute to her. I mean, you got to think that that's probably the last time she'll perform at the Grammys. And it was also the first time. So cool to see her up there with a whole bunch of people that idolize her, including Randy Carlyle, who uh, introduced her. And uh, all in all, I thought there was a lot of weirdness, but I thought it was good. I, I, it, was, it was good for me to get uh, delved into... The, uh, the world of pop culture. Let's take a look at our Big Sky scoreboards. Montana Basketball Hour here on Nuanas Dow ESPN Radio, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Take a look at our Big Sky scoreboard from over the weekend, and then we'll uh, take a break, and we'll break down some of these games. On the, uh, the women's side, Northern Colorado gets past Weber State 73-63. Northern Arizona... They keep uh, sitting there in first place after a 73-59 win over Idaho State. Eastern Washington made the plays when they counted the most down the stretch to win 61-56 over Montana. Montana State gets the Idaho, or the uh, the weekend sweep of Eastern and Idaho. They won in Moscow 51-46. Bobcats have given up less than 67 times in conference play and less than 50, I think, three times. So MSU's defense certainly leading the way. And then in the battle of the winless teams in Big Sky Women's Hoops, Sac State gets their first win. They're just 2-18 and 18 so far. But uh, Aaron Canloff, the head coach there 
at Sac State. He gets his first Big Sky victory as Sac State beats Portland State 72-65. So PSU's now lost 13 in a row, and uh, they're 0-9 in Big Sky Conference play. There's a couple women's games on the docket tonight. Portland State and Eastern Washington will play in Cheney, and then Sac State and Idaho will play in Moscow. In men's hoops, your Saturday slate went down like this. Idaho State pulls out an 81-79 win at Northern Arizona. Portland State, much lower scoring than I expected, but they get another victory, 58-51 over Sac State. So Portland State's been playing well lately, and they got another big one tonight in Portland with Eastern Washington coming to town, so that'll be fun to follow. Weaver State, they get off the schneid. They were on a skid, but they go to Northern Colorado, and a matchup of the two probably, two of, two of I should say, the leading candidates for MVP to this point in the big sky, Dylan Jones at Weaver State. St. Thomas at Northern Colorado. Jones and the Wildcats get the best of that matchup. Weber drills UNC 82-63. A little surprised by that one, but a big win by Weber. They certainly needed it. Bobcats had a huge win over Eastern Washington Thursday. Then a little bit of a letdown against Idaho on Saturday. Idaho comes into the brick, and they post an 81-75 victory over the Bobcats. Juice, Julius Mims, billing Skyview product who uh, went to North Idaho College. He's now at Idaho. He had a big game, double-double, uh, just a couple hours away from his hometown to lead the Vandals. Uh, so maybe Idaho's a, a team that's uh, on the rise under a first-year head coach. They had been winning at halftime of every conference game, and that uh, they finally get get it done and, and get a win over uh, Montana State and Bozeman. And then uh, the, uh, the late game, Eastern Washington comes to Missoula. They win. 78-65, the two Monday games tonight. I mentioned Eastern Washington at Portland State. That'll be a fun one. And then Idaho is at Sac State. We'll take a look at the standings as well as uh, we'll go more in depth on the game here in Missoula on Saturday night. It is the Montana Basketball Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. We have uh, we've been our, our, our giveaways to Dazzler's have been absent lately because... We're loading up for March. We're going to give you an unbelievable amount of gift cards and opportunities to win. It's part of our tournament challenge, or our bracket challenge, excuse me, and our tournament takeover. So uh, coming up, Dazzler's Car Wash will have plenty of free car washes for you. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. What's up with Eastern Washington disowning Montana in men's and women's basketball lately? We shall discuss next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is 
that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. That song, I'm sure you heard it, and I bet you anything that the most recent time you heard it, it's the Luke Combs version. It's all fine and dandy. I think it's good to introduce old music to new audiences through the scope of new hot young performers like Luke Combs. That said, that album, Tracy Chapman's debut album, and that song is not only one of the great debut albums in the history of American music, but also one of the most important for so many different reasons. I I won't waste too much time opining, opining on why it is so important, but you should go listen to it. And to realize that a a young African-American gal in her early twenties wrote that song, that song and those, that album with so much passion under the, the the premise that she wanted to change the world, it again, I'm glad it got introduced to a new and bigger and broader audience, but it also bothers me that people don't realize that that song was iconic on its own before Luke Combs ever covered it. All that's to say, last night at the Grammys, when Luke Combs was going to perform it, I, I, was, I was not into that. I really like Luke Combs. We're going to listen to some Luke Combs in hour number two here on Nuanas Now here on ESPN Radio. That said, he's a good enough songwriter. He doesn't need to cover great songs. I know that that's an influential deal for him. And he said, hey, I heard this song when I was a kid. I always thought it was one of the greatest songs ever written. I wanted to cover it just because I love it. That's awesome. I just think it's silly that he had one of the biggest hits of the year with somebody else's song when he's a a bona fide hit maker himself. They performed last night, though, and I was so glad that Tracy Chapman was a part of that. She is so, so awesome such an awesome performer, such an important songwriter. So I'm just glad that she was able to be involved. She has had a really wild career because that that debut album sold, I think, 18 million copies. It was one of the best-selling debut albums in the history of music. She won three Grammys right off the bat. She had a second album, a follow-up album that did okay. Then she disappeared from the public eye for like eight years. She came back in the mid-'90s, dropped another album that was also Grammy Award-winning, uh, tell me one reason the song. I mean, that went diamond. It was sold 10 million copies as a single. And she sort of had this resurgence again. And then she disappeared again. And she has not performed in years and years and years. So I'm so glad that the world got to see her singing Fast Car. Because her version, to me, always will be far superior to the cover version. I love Luke Combs. I don't like Fast Car from Luke Combs. I like Fast Car from Tracy Chapman. Because Tracy Chapman is one of the great female songwriters uh, of the modern era. No, it's now ESPN Radio. Florence Coffee has new late hours. Need a lift at the end of the day? Florence Coffee Huts on South Reserve and Brook Street are now open until 8 p.m. You can stop by between 4 and 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. That's a buy one, get one free at either shop. That's right. You buy one drink and get one of equal or lesser value for free. That's from 4 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday at Florence Coffee on Brooks or their new location on South Reserve. You can stop in today or go to to FlorenceCoffee.com. And how about this? We'll hook you up with just free, free coffee. You can buy one and get one free if you go on your own. If you text us right now, 406-888-1029, we got a Florence Coffee gift card for you. 406-888-1029. 
1029. Text us right now. Our Montana basketball hour rolls on. We gave you the scoreboard from the Big Sky. I want to delve a little bit east, uh, a little bit uh, it, more in depth into the results for uh, both Montana's men's and women's basketball teams on Saturday. Right now, Eastern Washington is the cream of the crop in both men's and women's basketball. I know the women's team is actually half a game behind Northern Arizona in the loss column, but I think uh, from top to bottom, Eastern Washington has the most complete roster in the Big Sky and women's hoops. I think uh, Jamie Loetta, I think she's the best player. Jody Gleason, Eastern Washington's head coach, said after her team's 61-56 win over Montana, she said Jamie Loetta is the best player in the league. And I mean, she had 19 points and 11 rebounds. She's a point guard, by the way, so 11 rebounds is a pretty... Pretty tremendous number. And then I think Aliyah Alexander's uh, probably the best number two in the league. I mean, if you have the best player in the league and then your your second best player is Aliyah Alexander, who's also one of the ten best players in the league, it's a pretty good start. Then you throw in Jacinta Buckley, J.D. and Martin. Eastern Washington women's team is stacked. Impressive they've been able to do that in year three under Jody Gleason. The dismissal of Wendy Schuler at Eastern Washington was a controversial one because Eastern, they'd had a couple tough years, but by and large, they were pretty good. Their high watermarks under Wendy Schuler were very good. They had some very good teams, uh, some very great players. I mean, the Hodgins sisters, Haley and Delaney Hodgins, were two of the all-time leading scorers in Big Sky Conference history. And Eastern seemed to be pretty good in the tournament um, more often than not. Even towards the end of the Wendy Schuler era, Eastern had a couple good tournament runs. They made it to the championship one year as like the sixth seed. Then they made it to the semis one year as like a six or seven seed. So even if the regular season didn't go great, they figured out how to get it done in the tournament. That said, when they got rid of Coach Schuler, I said I thought to myself, okay, if if this hiring of Jody Gleason isn't a slam dunk, there's going to have a lot of questions to answer because it's really hard to ask somebody that's the longest tenured coach in the league who's been to the NCAA tournament and won the league tur- the, the league regular season, which Coach Schuler had. Well, Jody Gleason's got him right there. They made it to the semifinals a year ago in year two, and now in year three, they are humming along. They're a very impressive team. They're very well-structured. I think they have great pieces. They play really hard. They got a lot of grit. They got a lot of toughness. I think Jody Gleason's a really good coach there at Eastern Washington. On the Lady Grizz side of this thing, coming out of that, the, uh, the story, the narrative remains exactly the same for the Lady Grizz. When they play an overmatched opponent, they can dribble drive into the lane and then kick out for three. They shoot the lights out, and they just bury people. Last weekend, a great example of it. During last week's three-game winning streak, Montana scored at least 84 points in all three wins. They hit a program record 19 three-pointers uh, against Sacramento State on Saturday. And uh, when they're playing against the worst teams in the league, they're putting up 85-plus points per game. And they're they're uh, now I think five and zero in those ball games. Well, conversely, when they play everybody else, I know Idaho's kind of struggled this year, but the Lady Grizz did not play that well in Moscow on Thursday. They were able to get out a win, but they didn't play that well. And then you talk about Eastern Washington. You talk about the matchup against Montana State in Bozeman. You talk about the matchup at Northern Colorado. The trends that continue for the Lady Grizz are. They haven't been good on the road in conference play. They've already lost at UNC, at Montana State, and at Eastern. They also haven't been very good against the better opponents in the league. So when does the tide turn for the Lady Grizz? Lady Grizz have epic talent. They are one of the most talented teams in the league. Some would say they're the most talented team in the league. 
You got to be able to rise up. It can't just and this is the 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 irony of this, and this is sickening irony if you're a Lady Grizz follower and a Lady Grizz fan. Robin Selvig was the person that taught me as a young reporter that if you are predicating success on the basketball court under just making and missing shots, you will be an inconsistent basketball team because sometimes you just can't shoot. Sometimes everybody's not shooting very well. You don't shoot very well. What was the trademark of Robin Selvig's teams? When they shot it well, they blew you out of the gym. When they didn't shoot it well, they still knew how to win because they knew how to defend, they knew how to rebound, and they knew how to play with guts. Those things, to this point, have been elusive for the Lady Grizz. They need to figure out a way to win games that take fortitude, that take guts. It can't just be about making 15 threes and shooting 50% from the field. you got to figure out a way where if you miss a whole bunch of threes like they did on Saturday – you're still in a position to win. And that's the thing. In Cheney on Saturday, the Lady Grizz were in a position. They had, out of a timeout, with less than a minute to play, they were down three, but they got the shot they wanted. They got Carmen Gibler a wide-open look from three, and she just missed it. I'm not trying to put it all on her. I think it's a, a cumulative deal. Maybe you don't need to be in that position. You need to be in, in better standing than that. But you also got to hit that shot. And either way, it, there's just something eluding the Lady Grizz, so a lot to be determined uh, here as we enter the second half of conference play. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. I want to spend a little bit more time on this men's game. So here's what we'll do, Jeff. We'll uh, we'll eject this Travis DeCure uh, for right now. We'll play Coach DeCure on the other side, and we'll also break down Montana's 78-65 loss to Eastern Washington. Why is it that the Eagles... No matter who they lose, no matter what coaching turnover they have, they remain the team to beat in the big sky. I'll give you a hint. It's all about what I think is the most important thing in basketball. Roster construction and chemistry. We shall discuss the results next. Keep it right here. What is now ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio Missoula. Who was a more prolific hit maker in the late 70s and up into the mid-1980s than Billy Joel? I mean, Elton John, Michael Jackson, and Billy Joel, that's about it, right? Billy Joel is an epic songwriter, especially for how prolific he was. I mean, you're talking about just writing hit after hit after hit. Well, then Billy Joel just completely fell off the face of the earth. For a long time. And then he started touring again, but he hasn't written any new music for since, I think he said since 1991. So imagine writing that much good good music and then not writing anymore. And on the Grammys last night, he said, people always ask me what happened. He's like, I didn't get writer's block. He said, 
There was a moment in time in my life where I loved writing songs, and it's all I wanted to do. And then one day, I didn't want to do it anymore, so I didn't. I got to say, I got mad respect for that. He got back into it, though. It's so interesting. As somebody that's a professional writer, when you're in the flow of it, you can't get enough of it. And then sometimes if you step away from it, it's really hard to get back into it. I've actually been going through that a lot lately in my own life. And uh, so the fact that Billy Joel got back into it and wrote a great song and then performed it at the Grammys last night, props to him. Tons of Grammy talk today, but I just I thought it was interesting. It's 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 fun to watch because it's sort of like this encapsulation, this four hour little nugget of of pop culture, like what's going on in America and the world of the arts, especially in music. And, and so I enjoyed myself watching it, even though I thought half of the stuff I watched was totally bizarre. But that's why we're talking about it a bunch today. Culture Nuanas, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, Saturday night, I went on down to Dahlberg Arena to watch what's become a great showdown, except for that it actually hasn't been that great in terms of the back-and-forth nature of it. Eastern Washington and Montana have always had a healthy, hatred's too strong of a word, but disdain for each other. Uh, they, they certainly battle it out quite a bit on the hardwood. And there's been some, some tense moments, some intense moments, some... Uh, borderline explosive moments, and then two that I can think of that were actually completely over the top, boiling over, egregious. There, there was the the Big Sky title game, and that's sort of been the seesaw of this thing, right? The Grizz beat Eastern Washington in the Big Sky tournament title game two years in a row to go to the NCAA tournament. Then the Eagles swung it back around on their side, and Eastern won the NCAA, or won the Big Sky tournament a couple years ago with Tanner Groves and those guys, knocked Montana out all along the way. Last year then, Eastern actually was the big-time favorite in the Big Sky Tournament, but they lost on a buzzer beater to the eighth seed in Northern Arizona in the quarterfinals. They went on to play the NIT and actually won a game in the NIT, which actually some would argue is, you know, you always want to go to the NCAA Tournament. The big dance is the big carrot. But if you're just going to go get blown out by Michigan or Texas Tech, then is it actually like probably better for your program internally to go to the NIT and get a win? I don't know. But it was a big win for the for uh, Easter last year to win the NIT. To win, get a win in the NIT, I should say. But that Eastern team was the cream of the crop last year as well. So it was the Grizz owning the day and, and ousting Eastern for a couple years. But the two explosive moments, one came in the Big Sky Championship game where Kim Aiken tried to kill Saeed Bridget. I mean, he, he took his head off on a layup. It was... Top three hardest fouls I've ever seen in a game. I mean, it was it was egregiously violent, and it caused a nearly benches-clearing brawl in Boise. Well, then the next time that Eastern was in Missoula, Kim Aiken tried to do another hard foul. This resulted in the spillover of the bodies hitting the cheerleaders. Then one of the dance team guys at Montana, he was trying to protect the gals on the sidelines, but also didn't like all the antics. So he checks Kim Aiken. Then all of a sudden, the cops are involved. Then this is like a, a bench-clearing brawl. It got all settled down. That's all to say, if you like vitriol, you like a little chippiness, Eastern Washington and Montana's for you. But Eastern has owned this rivalry lately. After their 78-65 win over uh, the Grizz in Missoula, Eastern's now won. Seven out of their last nine, including that tournament game two years ago, and uh, three out of the last four within the regular season. They still have to play another time this year. That's a big win for Eastern Washington. How has Eastern been able to sort of steadily maintain this spot amongst the best in the big sky? And, And more importantly, 
at least for this conversation, how they've been able to own Montana. This actually started when Eastern, the last time the Big Sky Tournament was at a host site that wasn't a neutral site, was in Travis DeCure's first season at the helm for Montana. The Eagles won the championship game in Missoula behind Vanke Joyce's unbelievable performance. And so that was the first time. But since then, you've seen Jim Hayford move on to Seattle U, the head coach. Then you've seen Shante Leggins move on to Portland. Despite multiple pieces of coaching turnover, roster turnover, Eastern's kept towards the top of the league. In these last couple of years, they've been the best team in the league. The continuity, the system they run, they run the same system because all three of those guys are from the Randy Bennett coaching tree. So they run a very international style ISO type of system. So that's been a huge part of it. They've been able to recruit to this system, even with the coaching turnover. And they also just, they do a beautiful job of recruiting guys to fill roles. Their roster construction is epic. Like right now they have a point guard who doesn't even have any sort of desire to shoot. But Ellis Magnuson can play defense. He's a physical player. He's dishing the ball over the place. He had seven assists on Saturday, even though he had zero points. You got a guy like Casey Jones. He's the junkyard dog. Leading the league in free throw attempts, even though he never even shoots the ball. He just shoots it when he's right under the hoop. And he's a jumping jack. He had 16 free throw attempts on Saturday. Cedric Coward, he's this unorthodox, slashing sort of Small forward, power forward, but he's just one of the best athletes in the league. 16 points, 10 rebounds for him. Then they also have a good pipeline for the transfers, whether it's guys that transfer up like Dane Erickstroop, Coward himself is also a former Division II transfer, or guys that, quote-unquote, drop down like Jack Kyman, who used to play at UCLA and Wyoming. He had 21 points on Saturday night. They just do a really good job of putting all the pieces together. And that's all to say, I didn't even mention their best player. And that's how balanced Eastern's roster is. Easton Price is their best player. He's a 6'10", stretch five, who can pass out of the high post. He can shoot it. He's a good uh, defensive player. Eastern's doing a heck of a job, and that's why they continue to dominate Montana. Frustration from the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Here's about five minutes with Travis DeCure post-game after Eastern Washington came into Missoula and posted a 78-65 victory. Determining factors in this one? Discipline. Um, that's on me. You know, discipline is what wins you these type of games. Uh, I thought we started off the game executing scout very well defensively, got in transition. Uh, we picked up some fouls early, and I was okay with a couple of the hand checks on the drives. I knew that, you know, eventually we would back off and, and be okay with those. Uh, and then there was just some moments where we, we had an opportunity to, to take the game and didn't, and it really just came down to our discipline. So uh, that's something for me to pay a lot more attention to in terms of details moving forward. How hard are they to guard? They're very difficult to guard. Uh, I, I thought we did a good job of doing that. Unfortunately, we put them in the free throw line too many times. Did you like the shots you guys were getting? Yes and no. Um, you know, the way they were defending, we, we were getting good shots in terms of wide open, uncontested threes. I don't know that we were patient enough for the guys that typically have been making them to get enough to get rhythm. Uh, and, and I thought there were some opportunities for us in the first half to pull away. And, you know, it, it was guys that hadn't really been the ones making those shots, taking those shots pretty early in the clock. 
but you want your team to be aggressive, so it's hard to tell guys not to shoot. Follow up to that. Did they do anything specifically to force the ball away from specifically Rudy and no, were, some of those other guys? They were in zone. They were in zone. They were just in zone. So guys come open. Um, and, you know, the hard part about zone is patience because you don't know when you're going to come open and when some, someone else will. So typically you, you, you don't turn down shots in zone. But we were getting early shots, you know, 20, 22 to 23 seconds on the clock, and I, I thought there was more out there for us later. If we'd have kept doing what we were doing, and we just never got to that point. It's really insane. Have you guys had much, much experience against a 1-3-1? One, one? Well, it's a 2-3 it's a zone. It's a 2-3 zone. It's, a two, it's what you'd call a 1-1-3. One, one, so the two guards are stacked in the middle. The wings are wide, and the center's at the rim. And what they're doing is keeping the ball at a high post, and you gotta, you got to have enough movement, or you got to get a two-guard front to bring that guy out. And we did that. Uh, I thought we did a better job of that in the second half. We just did make sure we got when Lou and Josh got into foul trouble, where was the biggest area where not having them on the court you felt impacted you guys? Well, our biggest issue started when Rascals got in foul trouble because that's where, you know, our balance of shooting when is, is important to us as an offense. And when you take our base and our best shooter out for basically the entire first half, it's hard for us to be effective offensively. And, and that's why some of the guys that were you were asking me about were taking so many shots. Those are shots that normally Vasquez would have been there taking in the first half. Follow up to that again, what you think about Vasquez staying ready after sitting most of the first half? He hit his first couple coming out of the second half. It's hard, you know. It's very difficult to stay in rhythm when you're not sweating. And I thought he did a good job coming out ready to go in the second half. Unfortunately, he was backed off by the fouls, and he never really got aggressive on the defensive side. What sort of lesson do you learn from a game like that? I just, I've always believed discipline wins games, and, you know, it's, it's the contest at the rim, it's, it's, it's the grabbing when guys are cutting to the basket or cuts we shouldn't give up. Those are the things that, you know, that, that, that's the differential. Well, those 13 to 15 points we could take off the board if we just wall at the rim without fouling, um, you know, six-point game. And all we need to do is wall at the rim. We could stop and we're in transition. We cut it to four. It wakes the crowd up. And, and I think that our lack of discipline caught up with us there. Uh, so really that's what I learned. Most of it is just, you know, continuing to, to hit home on how important it is to make the right decisions when you're in tough situations. What's the message you give to the team now as you guys head into conference play for the second time around? I just gave you just that. Discipline. We need to be a more disciplined basketball team. We need to not foul um, when it's not necessary. We need to contest at the rim without giving up three-point plays. They only made five threes, but I believe they had four three-point plays. Roseanne wants, if you're going to foul a guy, you shouldn't make a shot, right? And so those are the things that, that, that rack up on us that create a huge gap for us. Uh, and we just got to get better in those areas. And if, if we do, you know, same thing happened in Colorado here at home is we just we gave up some things around the basket we should not have given up. If we don't do that, we win that game as well. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Basketball Hour. Travis DeKeer, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies, joining us here uh, to conclude the Montana Basketball Hour. His team, a tough loss against Eastern Washington, 78-65 in Missoula on Saturday night. Montana Basketball Hour, treat your car like it deserves to be treated. We'll have to do my big former Big Sky guys starring in other leagues around the country a little later on this week because we're up against it. But the man, Marty Mornawag, in studio with us, Super Bowl preview style of the Monday afternoon quarterback. We'll do that next. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here. It's Nuance Now, ESPN Radio. 
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.